Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey friends, have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we may still struggle in our intimate relationships. My husband and I have a great relationship, but we are not relationship coaches. And we know that yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational support from a relationship specialist. If you're going through some kind of challenge right now in your relationships, my friend Jason Gaddis at the Relationship School can help. Jason's team will pair you up with a skilled relationship coach And within 48 hours, you'll be getting private one-on-one support on whatever you're going through relationally. And right now, for my listeners only, Jason is offering half off one month of relationship coaching. Head over to relationshipschool.com slash Laura to get the deal and watch your relationships improve. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer. I'm joined by another beautiful physical therapist, Kristen Williams, who's also a senior-led teacher and an amazing friend. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Laura. It's so good to be here. I love my intro. Never gets yeah. old. Da, da, da. Uh, anyway, needed a little drum beat in there. Ooh. I know. Well, I'm going to kick us off today, Laura. So we got an email through our support from uh, BEK. And she says, I use a collection of balls for myofascial release. I use them everywhere for general conditioning. Several weeks ago, I noticed when I take one of the hardest, densest balls on the QL on the right side, which I've always done, I feel a nervy kind of pain into the gluteus medius, I think. I can't really pinpoint where it goes. I don't feel any pain during my yoga practice or with any activity, not with yoga or walking or running or dance. Any thoughts? Uh, Have a wonderful time in Italy. I wish you could have been there. I hope to get to retreat one day. Thank you again for all the knowledge and inspiration. Mm, Okay. Well, um, I have some thoughts Uh and they go like this. So when we work with fascia, fascia is still, there's still so much research about fascia. So what we know is that fascia can be responsive. So for anybody who's listening who doesn't know what fascia is, fascia is the connective tissue that's everywhere in the body. It um, Think of it as connecting all these different islands of muscles. 
it surrounds organs, it's it's throughout the body. It's really our um it's the interwoven tissue that holds us together, but it also communicates. It now has been shown that it has contractile properties as well. So meaning like if an area uh, is contracting that's attached to another area via fascial connections, there's going to be some um, wonderful communication via that contractile tissue. So you're not just like activating your glutes, you're activating an entire kind of chain of muscles. And what will happen basically if you're habitually in some kind of postural stance, which could be standing, sitting, or moving, that has some kind of imbalance to it, the fascia will adapt to that. Uh, I talk about it being like saran wrap, and it kind of will wrap to the way that you are habitually holding yourself and moving. And that can give you the sensation of tightness, tension, because fascia also it has a dense amount of receptors in there that kind of tell us, like if you've been sitting for a while and your low back starts to ache, most likely those are the receptors in the fascia that are signaling like they're starting to get squat, you know, so that, that compressed feeling. How you get out of that is you get the fascia trying to get more balanced, more fluid, uh, more springy. So fascia also has this great kind of spring to it, especially in the thickened areas around the um, foot in the plantar fascia up into the gastrocnemius and then across in the thoracodorsal fascia. So those are areas where there's a lot of energy exchange. We want that to feel not bound because that also has an impact on the energy exchange. So you can mobilize with really good intention and good biomechanics. And then these balls have become huge sellers because compression and tension are two properties that can help the fascia change or at least come back to more of a normalized state. And so with these balls or, or rollers, the idea is that that offers some compression to the area that then the fascia will kind of soften. The problem is that is not, that is a tool. It is not going to change the fascia long-term. What's going to change the fascia long-term is paying attention to your alignment. So what I would first suggest is try and not use the tools for a while. You can't believe the number of people I have told to stop rolling stuff, stop leaning on things, and they actually feel better. I'm not at all saying that they don't have a place. They do. But a hard ball like the one you're referencing is one that I would absolutely stay away from because the fascia needs to melt. It needs to feel like it's it's softening around whatever forces up against it. And if it's too rigid, the response it's going to have is get more rigid. And so that's probably what you were feeling. You were probably feeling that area is like it, it felt it more as a danger than a, oh, I can relax around this and actually create this softening of the fascia, so to speak. So uh, don't worry about it happen. It happened one time. It would probably happen again because a rigid ball is not a way to go. I know people who get in really rigid balls and they're trying to hammer out stuff. And you're kind of, um, in my opinion, what I've seen is that that is, it's not necessarily injuring you, but your body is registering that as an injurious possibility. And it responds by actually contracting more. So that's what I'd have to say. I would just 
at least if you love your tools, fine, but don't do it on that rigid ball. And, and the QL, I'm going to let Kristen talk about this, but the QL, again, that's an area that if you are focusing on a neutral pelvis and your core integration and working your glutes well and working your hip mobility well, the QL kind of sorts itself out on thoracic mobility. Um, it's going to keep coming back to that place of, so if you had some kind of response there, think more about the reason why uh, that that occurred more than you're just going to try and do something about it. Yeah, no, I love that. I just had a, um, a private, um, just this week, it was actually in person. It was kind of exciting to have some, to see somebody in person in yeah. Wisconsin. Um, and she has a history of scoliosis and we were talking about ways that she's a, a traditional yogi. And, um, I was introducing her to some of the, the lit method and just this idea of finding neutral and lifting the ribs up out of the pelvis. And she talked about having constant issues in her QL. It's constantly tight, which might be what BEK is feeling too, that constant tightness. So she wants to use those balls right after she said, oh, I feel it in my gluteus medius. I pulled up my handy dandy app that is, has you know, uh, mm. trigger points on it and the QL trigger point. Look at that. The blue, if you're looking on um, the screen, yeah, it's right there. There's it's right along that QL is just one of them. And then there are multiple different areas. You might feel it in the buttock, um, you know, depending on where that trigger point is. But Laura, I love that you mentioned, you know, trigger point and fascia are symptoms of a bigger problem. You know, so why is this happening? Why do you feel like you have to use the balls? And so working with this person, I was just introducing her to, like I said, to these ideas of let's create some space. Let's think about how we can do this on the mat and think about what you're doing off the mat. How are you sitting? I know for me, I always kind of sit with one leg up. I try to sit with the other leg up. It feels so weird and unnatural to me, but I know that I am balancing out my body and I don't have these little funky, you know, I, I don't have those sensations. And, and by the way, she did describe like a nervy pain. That's a real common referred pain from a trigger point. So you're using that hard ball. It's basically going right into that trigger point, hitting it and it's zing. It feels like a zing. Uh, so, yeah. If any of us laid on it and we are really pretty balanced, we probably feel the same thing. Feel a zing too. Yeah. So, you know, trigger points in and of themselves, not a problem, but it's, it can be telling you, like you said, Laura, let's look and see what can you do to open up that space just so the poor and neutralize your pelvis and neutralize your ribs. You know, are you flaring the ribs? This person I was working with, she's got a scoliosis, so she's going to have some structural um, issues to start with, but just showing her how she can lift up out of that actively was like an aha moment. And, you know, she already right away wrote me that night. Wow. I feel such a difference already. And mm -hmm. it wasn't what we did for the hour. It was what she was thinking about and then doing on her own off the mat. So, um, you know, what you're feeling is normal. Yeah. Balls are great. They're tools, they're treatment tools, but don't try to try not to rely on them and look and see what you can do to kind of calm that, that uh, response in your body, that fascia slash muscle tension response. And I think you'll be a lot happier. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I also had a private yesterday in person, which was really nice. And similarly, she had um, a whole host of things stemming from two bunionectomies. 
And for her, ha rolling something on the bottom of her foot was really important to do because she needed yeah. to get a lot of stimulation in there, a lot of um, sensorial information. But it was still not rolling on something that would be like concrete-like. It was it had yeah. some give to it, like a tennis ball. Um, I showed her on a broom handle that you know you can just glide over it. You're 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 not trying to punish yourself. You know you, what you're trying to do is communicate, and that is one aspect that is pretty minor in the big scope because then we looked at all the other things as well. But it really helps with something like that. All right. Well, I have a question next, and I've been asked this a lot. Uh, this person is a Del Delusia girl, and she said, can you tell us your thoughts on Pilates versus yoga? I get this question quite often, so I'll let you take the yeah. reins. Mm -hmm. I will be the first person to say I have not done a lot of Pilates, so I'm, I'm not a great um, person to compare from personal experience. I can certainly talk to you from about many of my patients who are diehard Pilates fans, uh, if what I've talked to them about the difference, um, I, the biggest, at least by way of lit yoga versus Pilates, the biggest thing that sticks out in my mind as being a different, if you're going to say, let's talk about differences in beliefs is, um, the, they really don't seem to focus as much on a neutral pelvis. A lot of it is that kind of that hollow, hollow back that, that flattening of the lumbar spine and, you know, um, in a lot of the postures, that's the, probably the big, that between Pilates and I think bar is the same way, you know, kind of working on more of that hollow back and, um, you know, less of always coming back to neutral and movement. So, and that's not to say that the hollow back is bad. That's not to say that flexing the, the lumbar spine is bad. Um, cause we will do that in, at times in our classes, um, I think that it's just, um, you know, for me, the difference with lit yoga compared to anything else is the ability to take it off of the mat. So while Pilates, I do think does great things for people strengthening, core strengthening, some good pro proximal strengthening for sure. Um, especially if you're on a reformer, you know, what, then what, you know, what you're so much better off being, you know, finding something that's more functional. That doesn't mean don't do Pilates. That means do other things as well. So again, I'm not a huge Pilates person, so I'm not as great. What do you know about it, Laura? Yeah, well, um, I'll, I'll just kind of add on to what you said, because uh, first of all, Pilates was invented by PT. I think most people know that, but not everybody does. Uh, Joseph Pilates was a physical therapist, and he came up with this whole kind of idea because he was um, in bed and injured. And all these kind of machinery is from a hospital bed. So he was like, how do I get my core back to being strong? So it's um, there's a lot of crossover with what we do in lit. Uh, in the Pilates world itself, what I do know, I have gotten a Pilates mat certification as part of a physical therapy CEU class. So I did a weekend and they, this particular woman was in the camp that does not teach the scoop, which is what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So in the Pilates world, there are the people that teach a scoop, which is kind of scooping the tailbone and flattening that back. And then there's people who teach neutral. And I think that's a big difference. So if you're taking a Pilates class, again, flexion of the lumbar spine is not necessarily bad, but not in those abdomin not in the abdominal work we want to do, because what we want to do is summon 
the abdominals to work as the pelvis is neutral because that's going to help us with our hip mobility. That's going to help us with our shoulder. Um, and a lot of people can scoop and not actually engage deeply. They can just simply round and kind of come back and then try and use like more superficial muscles, even their chest muscles, um, their lat muscles on length. So they're, I guess the bottom line is I, I think Pilates can be, like you said, absolutely wonderful. I know a lot of people who love it. And we have a lot of people who come from Pilates or it, Pilates instructors who do our teacher training, and they always mention how much it's similar. So I think lit is very similar, has a lot of commonalities, again, from that, I think, physical therapy root origin. Um, but to Kristen's point, too, I think some Pilates doesn't really take it much off of the ground, which I love the ground, but then taking it more into bigger movement patterns. Um, and I have done the reformer. Um, I was gifted 10 sessions with an amazing woman and it is challenging, but the reality is a lot of people can't necessarily afford a reformer, you know, semi-private, private, or even a group class because they are big machines that cost a lot of money and they have to be, they have to charge for that. Uh, so if you're lucky enough to do that and you love it, I think it's great. Um, and to Kristen's point, just do some other things as well. Just like we would say with lit yoga, like lit is amazing. I almost 95% of my movement is lit, but I try and take it off the mat as well and, and walk and hike and, and those type of things. So it's, um, I think the neutral pelvis is key though. If you're going to be with somebody who's teaching Pilates, make sure that they're, they're not trying to get you to tuck your tailbone and flatten it. You're taking your pelvis and posterior tilt. Yep. I agree. All right. Do you want me to do my next one here? Yeah. Or, okay. So this is from our friend and lit ambassador, um, Nicola. And so she says, Hey KB, I have two questions for Wednesday Q and A and they're kind of in the same veins. So I'm just going to put them into one. So her daughter, her daughter is five and super active. She loves climbing, jumping, running. Nevertheless, she has quite rounded shoulders. Are there any fun moves you would recommend for kids to present, to prevent, excuse me, rounded shoulders and slouching? And then she goes on to say, I see more and more kids already sticking their belly and, uh, and sticking out their belly and butt, which might lead to anterior pelvic tilt in the long run. Same question for these kids. What are fun ways to strengthen the deep core musculature and help their posture from such a young age? Thank you so much. And I think this is a great question. I do think we get this a lot from our teachers who they start going through our training and they're learning about posture. And then they look at their children and they're like, oh, oh my God, you know? And um, I certainly, I am constantly nagging on my kids to my girls, especially, you know, come up, stand up straight or, um, I work with my daughter's cheerleading team and I see, and I see it just walking around. I see, especially girls, um, there's this popular way to take pictures now where they kind of stick their butt out and they do this little, it's, you know, it's just to make them look cuter, I guess. But as a physical therapist and lit yoga instructor, I just cringe. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, that's the thing. These kids, especially littler kids, so her daughter's five. They are like little bendy gumbies, you know, they, they really, their motor control while they're, they're climbing and they're playing, they, they don't have great control of their body. And that's for a reason we're growing. So the body's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing. So while, you know, I, I wouldn't be harping on a kid at that age, you can make it fun. I think by just 
you know, we talk about this with yoga, introducing just yoga period by way of tree. And then, you know, maybe introducing this idea of sticking out your chest. The superhero chest is a great way to talk about for little kids. So if they're rounded, you know, where's your superhero, you know, shine your emblem for the pelvis talking about like a tree, you know, getting, getting lifted and long. It's really as they get older and they're starting to stop growing that um, I will say one thing to watch with kids as especially if they go through a growth spurt, you want to work on flexibility with them because a lot of times we'll see their bones will grow a lot quicker than their muscles can stretch. And we see people develop things like Oshkosh Schlatter's and, you know, different um, just coming of age injuries, the, um, you know, the, the heel, I'm totally blanking on the name where they, the, the uh, growth plates get really irritated. There's all these like natural growing pain things that if kids would just stretch more and that can be done through yoga, that's fun. Uh, downward facing dog, things like that to stretch out the heel cords, the, um, the hamstrings, they can, they would prevent a lot of postural deficits later on. So as a kid's growing, I would be looking at, for me personally, you know, flexibility, making it fun. Like Nicola's saying, you know, and thinking of ways for the younger kids, make it super fun. For the older kids, you got to watch that it doesn't feel, and I'm going to put it out, they're sexual. Like, I mean, I've taught a lot of yoga to middle school and high school. And I mean, anytime we do a bridge pulse or a cat cow, like there is just <laughs> because there's movement of the pelvis. Any movement of the pelvis is going to have them absolutely lose their shit. So, you know, you have to just be mindful of, of that so you can keep them keep them engaged. Laura, what else have you, I know you've worked with a lot of kids too. What, any other recommendations for posture in children? Well, I, I, first of all, I agree with you at five, I would not worry about it at all. They're just developing. They're going to be kind of like, you know, it's, but get them moving in a variety of ways and they're going to develop those, um, the core strength and the postural girdle muscles that are going to help them as they do get to a point where it starts to matter. But five years old, I definitely wouldn't worry about it. However, I did obstacle courses with my kids all the time. They're they're naturally curious and playful. So take advantage of that. I mean, get on your hands, crawl around, down dog walks, go to the uh, playground and do the monkey bars. I mean, that's amazing for shoulder girdle strength, um, the back lying flexibility, core engagement, breathing uh, really helps with breathing your respiratory muscles to get that big um, openness there. And those are fun. Monkey bars are hard as hell. Like try and do it as an adult. And it's very humbling. But kids get them doing it. My kids, we always would do the monkey bars. And that was just um, amazing for their shoulder girdle. So if the shoulder girdle is stronger in that way, you're you're not going to get the rounded shoulder effect because you're just going to get a more balanced shoulder girdle. And then getting them on their hands is going to give them more strength. We know that because weight bearing through the hands is always going to go into the shoulder complex, into the chest wall, into the scapula and get um, more balanced around there. So developing that strength, but doing it in a really playful way. And there's all kinds of you know ways, ways to do that. Teach her little handstand hops, and just have fun. Um, and yeah, don't worry about it at this age. But as they do start to become, you know, they go through puberty and, and the grow, growing is not, you know, they're getting more like into their actual, you know, adult size, making sure that all that stuff is balanced, that nothing is too 
restricted, but nothing's too flimsy. That becomes really important because that's where our habits are are continuing and then they're really going to be laid down into our adult years. And we know once they start sitting in a chair most of the day, which most people do if they go to school, um, they're going to really need that extra kind of movement variability that is sorely lacking in the adult world. <laughs> so true. So, so true. Oh, all right, kids. So get out there and play. And adults, go play with your kids. And if you don't have a kid, just pretend like you're a kid because you always are a kid at heart and go to the playground and play, get on the swing and swing. And it just, it, there's something so um, joyful to so always, always kindle that um, childlike spirit. It's right. so true. I find myself, I have to rein myself in not to just do handstands in the middle of a public place because especially if I'm like waiting on something, I'm like, I, I just know. want to go play. I, I know. think that's lit. I know. It's all about lit. And it's yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I was always doing it by the soccer field. Like I go off in a little corner so nobody would really see me, but I'm just like, I need to, they're, they're running around like crazy having fun. And I just, I want to get in it. So I got to do something else. Yeah. Same. I love it. Well, as always, we love hearing your questions. These are wonderful. Send us any questions you have at support at lityoga.com. You can email us there or you can find us on Instagram. You can find me at kbwilliams99 and Lara at lara.hyman. No question is off the table. And please uh, rate and review us as well. That really, we love to see that. And it, it just shows that you're, you know, that you're paying attention. And, and, and uh, yeah, anyway, we just like it. We appreciate it so much. Yes, it's, it's great. It, you know, that way we're not talking into the ether. Obviously, <laughs> we hear from all of you, but it really does um, rating and at rate, review, and subscribe. That helps so much. And as always... We're pulling We're for pulling you. We're pulling for you. Yeah.